I tell you. Have no kids while you have the chance. <laughs> All the niceness in you right now is going to flood away. If a kid comes to birth with two happy people, within the course of the years, the people will become less and less happy. And then they'll get more happy with their kids when the kids are in good moods. When they're in bad moods, it will lower their happiness. So in the end, it should probably come up to the same amount of happiness, maybe a little bit more. Hmm. I did the math. <laughs> you did the math. Those were my buddies, 10-year-old Henry and 8-year-old Lucy before that. And I'm Zach, and you're listening to Pregnant Pause, the show that asks the question, should my wife Shira and I have kids? Here she is. I felt that I almost needed to hear from parents the honest aspects of it. And it's like every parent for sure is like, oh, it's totally worth it. I'm not doubting that it's worth it. I just didn't want to go into it with an unrealistic expectation that this was easy. Like I just needed to hear from people that I respected who were wonderful parents that parts of it suck. (laughs) Yeah, and this goes beyond the stuff I got into last episode, which was like the logistical concerns, having to be organized all the time, losing my alone time. This is like if and when we have kids, there will be times when we're with the kids, that it's going to be terrible. And that seems like a really horrible thing to say, but I'm thinking of some of the times I've spent with my niece and nephew, who I absolutely adore, but like I babysit them for a couple hours, and when I'm done and driving home, I'm relieved, and I'm just like glad I'm not there anymore. Does that mean I'm going to be a shitty dad? Or maybe it means I shouldn't even be a dad. Something that inspired this episode is an essay I came across. It's called After Mother's Day by Christina Lupton. I'm an associate professor at the University of Warwick where I teach in the English department. I sometimes feel that mothering stands in the way of taking care of children. I want to make the world better, but parenting is a frustrating way to go about it. It sounds bad, I know, but I found parenting disappointing. I don't mean my children, I just mean parenting. There's so much you don't think about in advance. For example, that there will be years of not seeing your city at night because you're busy behind drawn curtains, hushing and rereading stories that have grown old. There's the smell of lice shampoo, worm treatments, other people's vomit, and the glue that comes with Halloween costumes. And the boredom. The days standing in a playground with a juice box in your hand, listening to a kid howl over a lost stick, knowing this is a day that will never now be spent reading or making love. In the last episode, you met our friends Avner and Roy. They're fathers to twin five-year-olds. And they helped me realize that it's pretty normal to feel overwhelmed by your kids. I mean, I would love to be the guy that manages to be with the kids all the time and keep a merry mood. I'm not. I can definitely see that if I have to deal with the kids for a prolonged time alone, I most likely will lose my mind. 
Right. And so you just openly communicate with Roy and say, I'm about to go crazy. You need to take them for a while. I need a break. Yeah. I mean, it's not every time I'm three hours with them, it happens. But it's being familiar with myself. I am aware of when my patience runs out. Here's Avner's husband, Roy. Sometimes it's just a little too intense for me. Like when they go bunkers and start losing it, both of them at the same time, and the phone is ringing, and you're in a hurry, and you have to go somewhere, and they're not listening to you, and at that point you lose it. It's great that they can offload the kids onto each other, but you know, with you working and with me working and whatever, it's not like there will always be the other person here to to hand the kids off to. There will be many times where the kids are driving me crazy and I just have to deal with it on my own and vice versa. So I think something that we can learn from Avner and Roy is they communicate really well to each other and this is what I need this is what I can handle, this is what I can't handle. And I think that's like a really, for me, a really helpful tip that like I hope that if we do decide to have kids, that we acknowledge that it's going to be really annoying at parts and sometimes you'll just have to handle it. But also like a way to like not become resentful of the process is to communicate with each other. For sure. Coming up after the break, sounds like teen spirit. I mean, there are like one out of ten kids who are like goody two-shoes, but... And what are you? (laughs) Not the perfect child. (laughs) If you, like Shira and I, are wrestling with this question, should we have kids? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at pregnantpausepodcast at gmail.com. We've already gotten some really nice, honest letters from some of you. You can also send us a voice memo, record it on your phone, and email it to us. And we might play it on the show. Podcast at gmail.com. Back to episode two. I think what's wild about parenting is that, like, hearing from different friends, like, each stage, it almost, like, never gets easier. It's just, like, a new challenge. Like with Avner and Roy, you're dealing with five-year-olds. They're going nuts. They won't listen. And then you, like, get into the teenage years. And just teenagers are really difficult. Their brain development is just, like, right at this time where they understand but don't understand. They're saying the most hurtful things ever. Don't understand those repercussions. Like, it seems like it would be just an emotional roller coaster. Fortunately for us, we have a dear friend, Jackie, whose daughter, Rafi, is a teenager. And right now, they're going through basically exactly what you just described. Like, we were there one night, and something was going on. We seemed to just walk in on a flare-up. I mean, it's funny. And it's bit, like, funny I asked stuff, if we could interview them. And it's fine. If you just can't, if, you need, if you're just feeling too mean, then let's just not do it. We'll skip it. I want to still do it. It'll be it'll be not, it'll be better if you two are respectful of each other, but honest. Yeah, but I mean, just, it might be okay. just, it, honestly, like it might not be fun for me right now. 
Okay. Well, I, I just have to find I'm not I'm not into like being confused. So uh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, we, yeah, we already did that today. No, I, I'm just not into you being really harsh with me right now. So I think we'll skip. I think we'll skip. I still want to do it for the record. Okay. Okay. Well, I can, I'll talk to you for a couple minutes then. So I ended up just interviewing Rafi that night, and then I met up with her mom, Jackie, a few days later. What's the most difficult thing about living in this house right now? As a well, you're 15, about yeah, to be 16. 16. You're, 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 when Basically, he's, in a month. In a month, okay. <laughs> so what's the most difficult thing about being 16, living, living with your mom? Like, she's just really, like, inconsiderate of like my feelings and emotions and like doesn't take notice in what I do well and really like only what I'm doing wrong and then trying to correct that. Where do you think she's coming from? Like she's obviously coming from love but right now it feels like she's trying to ruin my life. Here's Jackie, Rafi's mom. I think actually Rafi, she's she, her emotional intelligence is insane and sometimes insanely annoying, and other times insanely fascinating and hilarious. But I remember her saying to me when she was probably like nine, she calls me Ima, which is Hebrew for mom, because she has two moms, so we set it up that she called Ian mom and me Ima. Um, she said, you know, Ima, you know when you get really mad at me, I actually think you're actually mad at yourself. <laughs> I was like, shut up, you are so right, never say that to me again. I didn't say that, of course, but I think that is the truth, I think. Seems like there's a lot of cons and not very many pros about having kids, like, they kind of ruin your life like you give birth to them and then like the rest of their lives they're like back talking you and like having girls like when they get to be teenagers they're complete like bitches and like the boys are just terrible I mean they're like one out of ten kids who are like goody two-shoes but and what are you (laughs) not the perfect child (laughs) Oh my God, she thinks that she's ruined my life. Like, is that the message I've given her? God, I hope not. You know, I I certainly don't feel that way. I feel like my kids are the biggest gift. Um, Not the only gift, though. I mean, I've had a lot of things in my life that have been super great, and my kids are two of them, and they are amazing. There's not much she says to me that I don't end up thinking about. I've learned a lot throughout the years about taking what she says and the more painful, the more it's true, and just sitting with it. You know, it's like learn from it and at the exact same time, don't take it personally. That's quite a dance. A razor's edge. What was I expecting, you might ask? For of course, there are good things too friendships with the other people, many more than you'd think, who also pass through this continent of parenting as bemused visitors. The knowledge that if you're going to make use of this day, you'd better do it before kindergarten closing time is not always bad, 
nor the sense that you'll have to face and be nice to people at the end of it who have no patience with the finer points of your anxiety and insecurity. I'm so happy that we had the experience of like talking to all these people and like hearing that it's really okay that you don't love it at every second and that you get frustrated and irritated and that doesn't diminish whatsoever how good, how loving of a parent you are. I don't know how to explain it. Look, you know, I was very hesitant of having kids. It's not as if it was my life dream uh, endeavor and anticipation since I was born. It was a very hesitant and uh, reluctant decision. But there's some chemical, some biological process, some psychological process that once you have a kid, they're literally the light in your life. I love that kid. She is just, she is, she is amazing. Oh my God, she's amazing. Well, the good, here's the good news. The good news is on Instagram and Facebook, she writes about the things she loves about me. It seems like no matter what, parenting is a completely destabilizing experience. So much of what I love about my life now is that it's uncomplicated in a way that parenting seems so complicated. And it's scary to think that parenting would just obliterate whatever rhythm that is that I've you know established for all these years. With changing up the rhythm and what feels so comfortable to us now, Along with that comes new experiences that, albeit maybe terrible and annoying and frustrating and, yeah, just may suck sometimes. <laughs> but in that, those are times that you can learn about yourself and grow and be challenged and you won't be happy with a lot of the times the way you reacted and sometimes you'll be impressed with the way you reacted. You know, it's an ever-evolving thing, I would imagine. Um... And I think that's something that I want. Um, I'm sure that you can totally have that or, you know, definitely life without kids because we're living it now is clearly a life that can have growth and meaning and fulfillment for sure. Um, but I think that having kids will maybe disrupt the rhythm in a way that I want to be disrupted. And then also knowing that it's okay to talk about how parenting sucks sometimes. Like, that's okay. Yeah, I think it will make... I think being honest, I think with anything, parenting or anything else, not acting like it's all hunky-dory. Right, that, that'll make it easier in a way. Your uncle, Uncle Brent, said to me once, and I really will never forget it, he said to me, if you don't have kids, I'm sure you'll be happy. But if you have kids, a gene will turn on and you'll experience a love and give love and take love in a way that you never would experience. And that gene would have never turned on if you never had children. So let's turn on the gene. Let's put on some overalls. <laughs> Seduction's what it is
parts are neither hers nor his. I would prefer you don't remove your gloves. Wait, 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 wait. Before we have kids, don't you think we should at least talk about the kind of world we're bringing them into? On the next episode of Pregnant Pause, something light. Climate change, antinatalism, and walking hand in hand into extinction. If there's really no hope, why would I want to have a child that I care about so much go through that? Thank you for listening to episode two of Pregnant Pause. And if you like what you've heard, please tell your friends and family. A lot of you have shared us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much. If you leave a review on iTunes, that helps us shoot up the charts. There are like 400,000 podcasts out there. The more you talk about this one, the more likely it is other people will find it. Our website is pregnantpausepodcast.com. The show is produced and edited by Sheer and I. We had production help from Max Linsky, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Henry Malofsky, and Josh Gwynn at Pineapple Street Media. I had some clutch editorial help from David Gluckman, John London, Laura Herberg, and Devin Brown. Our graphic designer is Kira Denham. Our theme music is from the film Rocket Science by Eve Barsley. You might know him from the band Clem Snide. You can find him yodeling underneath us right now or at Bandcamp. We had other music from Ghostly Songs. They're at ghostlysongs.com. If you or an organization or company might want to sponsor the show, you can email me, pregnantpausepodcast at gmail.com. Okay, talk to you next week.